made yourself a drink, John? I have. Halftime show. What have we got, mate? delicious, delicious coffee because it's again eleven o'clock. Okay. I'm really struggling to wake up this morning. How is your AeroPress going? AeroPress disaster. What? Today? Not today. Oh. Yesterday. So, we mentioned very briefly on a podcast a couple of episodes ago, or a few episodes ago, the inverted method. Basically, if you don't know, the AeroPress is basically a, a plastic cylinder which has a plunger that you squeeze water through. So you put it in. But what you can do is you can turn it upside down so that the cylinder rests on the plunger. You fill it with coffee and you brew it inside the plastic cylinder. And the only thing that's stopping it from falling is the rubber plunger that is like keeping it suspended in the air. You're following, Justin? I'm following, yes. I decided to do that the other day. Made a coffee. Got completely distracted talking to Morgan. And then in the background, just noticed that the AeroPress slipped. (laughs) And the cylinder slipped at an angle where the coffee just poured out of a small gap and went everywhere. (laughs) And it was like a whole cup of coffee, uh, including coffee grinds, (laughs) just everywhere. (laughs) And it, it dripped down the side of the kitchen cabinet and went into every drawer that it could. <laughs> oh, dear. It was... I've never seen Morgan laugh so hard in her life, but it was <laughs> it was amazing. But then I had to start cleaning it up and I got real sad real quickly. <laughs> well, did you get any help? <laughs> Eventually. Right, okay. Once oh. you can see past the tears. But it was... Oh, it took so long. And it I, it just... I don't understand how it got in all the drawers, but it just did. It just found... I was so uh-huh. sad. The cafe that I go to every time I go to the city has a mirror, which is basically the scorecard of everything that's relevant. And in the bottom right-hand corner, they have a, a box that says, Days since Mocha Master Disaster. I think we're up to <laughs> 31 as of Christmas when it closed I haven't been back since and this scorecard just gives me life I just go in every day and all I want to know is has anyone messed up but apparently the keeping of the scorecard has stopped everyone from messing up so it's sort of been effective on a few levels but yeah I feel like the more seriously you take coffee the quicker you are going to have an absolute disaster such as filling all of your drawers with coffee Welcome to the Deceptively Clever Podcast the podcast where we are very casual about the truth see I've already messed up Justin you forgot to say history. Say... It's a history podcast, know, yeah. John. I know, yeah. That's all right. Go, go. Welcome to the Decept. <laughs> Welcome to the Decepticville podcast, the history podcast that is very casual about the truth. So we play two truths, one lie with historical objects. The word object is very loose, as you will probably see today. It is my turn to show Justin a historical object, and it is his turn to guess my lie. Let's find out how he does. Okay. Do you want comments, or shall we just move on? How was that? That was good. You forgot to say you're John, I think. <laughs> I'm John, by the way. And I love the way you... I mean, for people, I usually just read it out. It's not very often that I wing it um, because I'm normally doing it afterwards while I'm editing. But you always change the tagline, which I love because you were the one that insisted on the specific wording of the tagline. Um, so that What was the, the tagline? <laughs> a history podcast that's casual about the truth. 
What did I say? Where we are casual vibes. No, today you just added very in. And I'm like, I, I, I love it. I look forward to hearing what it's going to be every time. <laughs> I think I say very because I'm like, I stress, especially when it's my episode, yeah. because I stress that. <laughs> yeah. From the top, a can, lot we, of the history can is, we stress, yeah. this is nothing but a reason for us to be on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> during a lockdown, during a pandemic. Um, no, it was good. I like, engine... I like the energy. Um, you'd think in that time I would have done the only thing I had to do, which was get a search engine ready. But How is the beer, by the way? Uh, it's good. It's from a company out here somewhere. I don't like your brand names because no one's paid me to. But I've got the XPA today. I had an, I had a hazy IPA, I think, last hazy time. Hazy IPA? Was, I think that's what it was. Or maybe it was just a hazy pale ale. Anyway, it was it was lovely. This one's not as good, so we'll go with the other one. But that other one was 6%, and I bought these when I had to come home after a 10-hour day of work and edit photos for about five hours. So I was like, let's go from the 6% down to the 4.5%. Yep. See, I'd always go the other way. Well, now I would have been quite happy to have the one I liked more. I also thought I'd better try something different. I also think 4.5 is nice, and then 6% just tastes stronger, so you want them later anyway. Yeah, the problem is I don't care about the alcohol percentage. I only care about taste, generally. That's fair. Yeah, but then you still... Oh, it doesn't matter. This is a... We, this is basically a drinks podcast with like some stories involved. Well, we haven't talked about oat milk, but you can make uh, a very nice nope. oatmeal stout. Mean we have to, though. So perhaps Doesn't next we week to. I'll get an oatmeal stout out for us. Yeah. And uh, we can give that a go. Hasn't been a very big week in oat milk. However, a, I don't think it's a person never a listens to the podcast sent me a photo and said, what do you think of this oat milk? I just got it. And let me tell you, John. I had never, ever seen this oat milk before in my life. There's an oat milk out there that I have not been introduced to, and I want nothing other than to get my hands on this stuff and give it a go. Maybe that can be your object next week. Oat milk. The future. <gasps> Maybe that's... I'm going to do oat milk as my object one day, and I'm just going to lie, lie, lie. <laughs> Everything will be a lie. Yeah, and I'll get a point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see if we get a point today. Alright, search engine's ready. Search engine's ready. Can you search the USS Alligator date 1820? Ooh, are we going naval history? We are going naval history. Hello to listener Mike. I'm glad you've caught up to the episode number whatever this is. Strap yourself in. This is your moment. Uh, Mike's a friend of mine who is incredibly well versed on naval history. The other day he was reading, he was reading a an original like sailor's handbook from the British Army, probably I don't know, seventeen hundreds, and it had the the original grog recipe for the drink, uh, which he sent me a photo of. So he'll be very excited by this episode, and I'm also very excited by this episode. I can see a ship which has got lots of big sails, uh, an American flag hanging off the back of it. That's about the extent so, of it. That's pretty much all you need to know. Yep. I also had to say the date, because little fun fact, the USS Alligator is also the name of the, f- a more interesting object, but the first US submarine. So right. Go. So we're doing the you second can... most interesting USS Alligator today. We're doing this really boring object. Mike, I think you will find this boring and you should turn the podcast off because I'm sure I'll get something wrong. Um, We've already got something Mike wrong, what... John. That's true. Does Mike know much about US naval history? Mm, 
The inquiry is focused more towards the British side, but I would speculate that he would know more than the average person about US naval history. Well, this is going to be annoying, isn't it? The problem is we also going to talk about maritime law. Yeah, and, uh, you, you won't have to deal with that either. You won't have to deal with the people, John. They'll just address you on Instagram and then that'll be fun. I love the idea that your dad just rings you up after he listens to an episode just tells you everything you got wrong. Does he do that? <laughs> no, my dad would never do that. No, but like he could. <laughs> no, he couldn't. I don't get anything wrong. Oh, so, okay. You're not, you're not <laughs> what getting... do you think my dad does? <laughs> oh, that's all I get. Some, like, I get some comments. I'm not sure I've done an object that my dad knows masses about yet. Though, right, so. okay. Yeah. I've avoided them, so I don't get those phone calls. <laughs> Well, how often do you talk to him? You should call your parents more, John. <laughs> I talk to them plenty. <laughs> that that could go really wrong, because if I don't, then <laughs> that's really rude. And if I do, it's fine. Look, guys, I've tried. I've tried. <laughs> Cut this out. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm with my dad. Um, um, Rightio, no, second most interesting this. ship called the USS Alligator. What have you got? Second most interesting ship. So, a bit of history about this ship. This was launched on the 2nd of November, 1820. And it was one of five ships built to suppress slavery and piracy during the presidency of James Monroe. It's pretty good, isn't it? Nice. So, it was illegal to... Obviously, slavery was still legal in America. But it was illegal to ship slaves from Africa. Okay. Um, to the US. Um I'm just double-checking the date on that, because 1808, yeah. Located after, oh, that's a British thing. Well, basically, James Monroe wanted to stop slavery um, ships from Africa coming to the US. So, again, slavery is not over. This is not, like, a good thing. It's just, this is what this ship was built for. Um, it's a relatively small but very heavily built ship. It had copper on the, um, under the water. So it was a particularly heavy ship with an 18-pounder high-pivot gun and 10 to 12 six-pounder carronades, which are basically just sort of squat cannons. So it had some firepower on it. It's pretty good. Okay. So basically this ship had quite a short career, and you'll find out why, but um, it set off for West Africa, and it was they had two jobs to suppress the slave trade and to select and acquire territory to resettle former slaves. So it um, captured several slaver ships, and there's including the Matilde, the Eliza, and the Daphne. So these were some of the examples that were given that were particularly large slavers. Um, but it's also its job was to settle and acquire territory. So that was the job of Robert F. Stockton, who is the commander, and Dr. Eli Ayers of the American Colonization Society. So I wanted to do this as one of my statements because it's an interesting history, but it, I think it has to be dealt with quite um, seriously because I'm, this is really interesting about this ship, but it won't come into the statements later. But basically the land they acquired later became the state uh, Liberia. So <laughs> Liberia is a country in Africa that is on the West Coast. It's just... Um, next to Sierra Leone, I believe. Okay. So basically they had this plan where they were going to buy lots of land, well, acquire land. The um, methods of acquiring the land was often very, it was just basically robbery. Um, they would acquire land and they had a plan to send 
slaves from the US to Africa because these ideas were still ba based in this land. Uh, these people are inferior, they need to go back to Africa. And then all, these, all of the African-Americans were saying, why would we ever want to go to Liberia, a place where we have never been? We are the sons and daughters of slaves who have been settled in America for ages. Why would you take us from our now our home that you have forced us to be in and send us back to Africa where we have no connection to anymore? So massive problem and just a very sort of interesting point of history, but not something that I'm going to deal with as a statement, <laughs> if that's fair. No, that seems like a sensible choice. The term acquire land rarely means good things. And... It's certainly a very interesting part of history and a very dark side of history. And I would make sure that if you want to learn more, find the right sources and also look at the people who were very outspoken about it, such as James Fortin and Frederick Douglass, who were um, black activists who were, okay. at the time were um, very much against the American Colonization Society. Right. So I wanted to address the very, basically the... There's not nice side of this object. Yeah. Or the reality. The reality, yeah. That's but as two, two white people from a different country, probably is a limit to our insight. <laughs> it's very true, yeah. Basically, it was a very influential ship at the time, especially in West Africa. And once it had its career in West Africa, it was then tasked with stopping piracy off the coast of Florida. So this was when Florida was ceded to Spain in no sorry spain ceded florida to the us in 1819 its job was then to deal with piracy of the coast of florida so it had a very interesting career but that career ended in 1822 when it was scuttled off the coast of florida after crashing into an uncharted reef quite unceremoniously by the sounds of it it was then they couldn't get it out of this reef and they eventually just blew it up <laughs> to stop pirates from getting it in 1820. Right. That's pretty much what I've got that's not a statement. What a concept uh, of an uncharted reef. Like, bad luck. We hadn't quite got this one yet. Shall we go to statement number one? So statement number one. During its period stopping Caribbean piracy, its encounter with the Mentira is still celebrated today. That made no sense, did it? There was an encounter with a ship called Mentira. And it is celebrated still? Yes. Okay. So this... Yeah. Just at this point, I'm guessing that that was a bigger, better ship owned by Spanish, and they beat it. <laughs> Not far off. By They beat it by knowing more about weather or tricking them. Um, <laughs> statement number two. Um, statement number two. Alligator Reef is named after the USS Alligator as the area in which it sunk. They're not even sure if it sunk there. <laughs> Statement three. The Alligator's encounter with the Mariana Flora, another ship, would later be brought before the Supreme Court. What was the name of the ship? The Mariana Flora. Okay, and that's our daily dose of legal concepts. Um... Does that all make sense? Yeah, let's have the story behind the encounter with Mantera. 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 M-E-N-T-I-R-A. So basically, once it had, had its career in West Africa, it was tasked with stopping piracy off the coast of Florida. So this was in 1822 that it was off the shores close to home. 
This, however, also ran parallel to an increase of piracy in the Caribbean. Um, so it wasn't the height of it. That was in the, I believe, 17th, 18th century. This is more of a resurgence of it. Um, following there's various things. There's like an embargo of 1807 where all, I think like all foreign ships are banned from the US or something ridiculous like that, which just seems so, well, so counterproductive. And I think it failed massively. That's a lot. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so they, there's a lot of pirates in the... Same. And yeah, there's, so there's an increase of piracy, um, especially because relations with Spain are a little bit tense after the 1819... Um, the secession of Florida when it's ceded to I don't know if secession is the right word but it's US gets Florida new borders are drawn and there's a lot more privateering do you know what privateering specifically is? privateering Uh, no so privateering is where private ships are basically commissioned by nations to attack other nations so in this case, Spain could issue, I think it's called a commission of war or something, issue a private ship with a piece of paper that says you're allowed to attack US ships. Same way the US could issue a, a private ship and say you can attack Spanish ships. So it's a very weird system, but basically piracy and privateering are not too dissimilar. And often famous pi- pirates are famous privateers. Right. They don't tell that story of legitimacy in the parts of the Caribbean, do they? I think a lot of, like, famous British Navy people are privateers as well. I, I want to say, was it Francis Drake? Was he a privateer? But it is, like, it's, it is recognised, yeah, English sea captain, privateer, and naval officer. It's legitimate. You're allowed to do it. It's, like, recognised as law. But it also just means that you get lots of ships that are just terrorising nations and going, we're allowed to. And you go, fair enough. Okay, so um, we're getting close to the alligator running into the Mantira. Yes, so the USS Alligator um, was then charged with dealing with some of these people. In, and it was going along with the USS Constitution. And it was they were sailing in between Florida and Cuba. And they encountered um, the Mantira and the Marianne, two Spanish privateer ships. So they approach them, they think there's there's like something questionable about how they approach, but basically the Mentira Mariana start attacking and the USS Constitution, USS Alligator. They're not particularly bigger, they're, they're all similar size, so unfortunately you were wrong about that. Justin. But they're similar size, so the USS Constitution sort of attacks the Marianne and eventually sort of defeats it. So they are sort of off doing their own thing with that one. They eventually um, capture it and take on all the um, crew of the Marianne and all of their, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Bounty. Bounty. And they're sort of left by themselves. The USS Alligator engages with the Mentira, damages it, and then pursues it. And the pursuit took 12 days, so quite a while. They didn't actually travel that far. They sort of ended up going in a big circle. I think there was some... There wasn't particularly bad weather, but they eventually caught it, um, I think near Jamaica, so not too far away, um, captured the Mentira and 
it was seen as quite it was seen as very successful because the material was particularly um damaging to the US during this time. Um oh, I've forgotten his name. I wrote it down somewhere. I think it was Roberto Cosfera was the pirate that was um the privateer, sorry, that was on the Mentira. And he had been sort of seen as personally responsible for a lot of damage to the US and a lot of their ships. So it was seen as like a massive victory. And it's still celebrated on the 13th of March, because that was the date that they actually stopped it and caught it. In Mostly in Florida. It's not like a wide holiday, <laughs> I will say. Oh, they're not uh, closing down the shops in Seattle to celebrate that one? No, I think it's a very, very sort of, it is a low level, but it is still, I don't, I'm not even sure if they're closing any shops, but it's still uh, celebrated. They make some kids in school do some reading about it. Put on an alligator hat. God created the world in 12 days, and then USS Alligator defeated the Matera. There's everything you need to know. <laughs> good luck. Go into the real world now, children. Um, it's a good story, though. I would, I, I, that's an act of war. I don't know if celebrating's the right word, but. That's probably harsh. We still celebrate V-Day. What's it called? V-E, Victory in Europe. Um, or is that American when they call it V-E? Because it's V-J. Never been. Never been. <laughs> is the reef close to where the ship is thought to have sunk? Yes. Yeah, so this is this was a bit of a tough one because I found a, a very long timeline that sort of talked about the alligator and the attempts to find it. But then you Google something else and it goes, no, this is where it is. So Alligator Reef is in the Florida Keys. So it's basically there's like a little sort of tip off the bottom of Florida. And it's, again, very close to Cuba. Um, And there's lots of reefs and everything. So I think Alligator Reef is somewhere located around there. But basically the ship was helping to escort some... um, trade vessels between Cuba and Florida. One of them starts drifting off, the Anne Maria. Um, The alligator follows, also drifts, and comes across this uncharted reef, which is alligator reef. So they weren't that far from Florida. But then it's like, it gets very confusing because I can't work out if they know if it's there or if they don't know if it's there. But I can tell you in 2004, they definitely weren't sure. (laughs) Right. So... So I am just reading my notes. I can give you more information if you'd like it. Yeah, sure. What else? So what what evidence seems to be in favour of that being why it is called Alligator Reef? And is it integral to your statement that there is a reef called Alligator Reef? Or is that given as fact? Alligator Reef is called Alligator Reef because that is where they believe that the USS Alligator was scuttled and eventually came to its demise. Um, whether or not the USS Alligator is actually there is the point of question. That is the essence of your statement? Because basically they found evidence of some ships, whether it's the right ship they're not sure about. And there's been lots of archaeological um, attempts and they've done all these sort of tests and these tests have often run, um, have sort of come into interference because... They can't do certain things because there is valuable um, organisms there, particularly, I think there's like, it's called like turtle grass or something, that they can't sort of interfere with, which has then hampered some efforts to find it. 
Basically, in 2004, there was an attempt and they decided that what was there was definitely a ship from the 19th century, but they weren't confident enough to say it was the USS Alligator. So they're not sure if there's any USS Alligator there. They also found that it might be under the seabed, but again, they couldn't investigate further because of the damage to organisms around the area. What is the part of the statement that I am deciding whether is true or not? Whether or not the alligator is there or not. So you know definitively that it is if the statement is true. And if the statement is not true, you've made up the question of whether the ship is in Alligator Reef. No, the statement is saying whether there's a question surrounding whether alligator is there. It's either false and it's definitely there, or if it's true and there's questions around it. Okay, false is that there is no dispute about the location of USS Alligator. True is the ship might be in Alligator Reef, or it might (laughs) not be. Yes. Okay, so we are unable to say from that definitively whether USS Alligator is not in Alligator Reef. That is not a possible thing that we can find out today. Yes. (laughs) Okay, excellent. You know what's really annoying is that I've like got all these notes written out really nicely and I just like it's turning to mush in my head. I don't know what's wrong with me. Oh yeah. Maybe your note system's not uh optimized yeah, for that. Yeah. a relatively loosely structured podcast. No, nah, I'm moving now. <laughs> I just didn't know what the what the bit of the statement was that I was determining. Um, yeah. Yep. The problem with it is that so we're trying to determine whether there's a question surrounding its um whether it question surrounding if it's there or not. Yep. Despite the fact that it's called Alligator Reef after the USS Alligator. Yep. And I found all this evidence that there was like this timeline of like people not sure about it. And then there just seems to be this gap between 2004 and the present where they're going, no, this is where it is. And I'm like, yes, but you haven't shown me exactly how you've arrived there. Well, John, like, so- sometime after there, led by Fox News, we have entered the post-truth era in media where facts do not true. matter. And now we can just say whatever we want. Because now um, I'm thinking maybe they've just damaged loads of like, loads of underwater sea life just to find out that it's there. No, like, no, 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 no. They, they <laughs> definitely wouldn't have ruined an environment just for the sake of celebrating a ship that was used in war. That absolutely would not have happened. Well, who knows? Is that? there anything else you think I would might need to know about Statement Two? Um, not without going on some horrible, messy tangent again, other. Uh, statement Three. All I've got is that it encountered uh, Mariana Flora. And that it got to th- this was brought before the Supreme Court. Oh, yeah, the court. That's how legal So was. if you thought the previous statements were questionable and dodgy, get ready for number three. What was, was the court? Which was it the... Uh, was it a court in Florida? Well, I'm already defeated. Basically, I kept finding like legal references to the Mariana Flora and the USS Alligator. And it's this interaction between the two. And it was... Th- what's the circuit court? Is that a thing? Yep. What's the circuit court? I have no idea. Uh, in Australia, that is... I can't remember if that's a name given to some courts, but the I think the reason it's called that is because the judges just go from place to place. So you won't have a judge that permanently sits in all the courthouses. You'll have phases where court is in session. In Australia, what we I have... Think- state and federal court systems that don't really overlap until we get to the High Court of Australia, I think. I'm sure our friend yeah. will let us know that that is wrong. So, I don't know, the circuit court could be 
a state court, but it it's so, sounds like a real thing. How I understood it was that there was, an, and I'm going to talk generally here, was that there was an issue brought to court about the method of interaction, the accusations of piracy. Um, it was brought to court and then I think an appeal was brought before the Supreme Court where they then had to deal with it and then they decided that they were just going to back up the original court. So I think that the circuit court talked about it, some people appealed, went high with it, and then they just said, no, stick with the original ruling, if that makes sense. So a judge found, or some judges found, that the USS Alligator was not guilty of piracy and that was confirmed by the Supreme Court. It was more complicated than that because it was whether they had the right to engage with the Mariana Flora based on whether they were, whether their actions were justified um, based on if the Mariana Flora appeared as if a pirate. So would you like me to run through the events of the day which were then debated? I think that might be the only way for us to resolve this, yes. (laughs) So they're off the west coast of Africa and they... The USS Alligator, commanded by Stockton, sees the Mariana Flora, and it appears as if the Mariana Flora has their flag at half mast. So they were they think they're concerned, and are in danger. So they approach the Mariana Flora. The Mariana Flora's response is to then fire on the USS Alligator. Classic USS trick. Alligator, Good work. Yeah, the USS Alligator then believing that this is an act of piracy engage with the Mariana Flora, eventually getting within range of musket fire and attacking the ship, and then um, getting all of their crew on board, to which point they've hoisted the Portuguese flag. So they're now saying, what are you doing? We're a Portuguese ship on a legal journey between, um, I think, somewhere in Africa and Lisbon. Why Why are you saying we're pirates? And they go, they're saying, you fired on us. And they're saying, you, we fired on you because you didn't have your national flag up. So we didn't know you were United States. We thought you were pirates. So then it was debated in court whether any of this stuff was an act of piracy. Because just because they had their flag at half-mast, should you approach? Should they have fired on them because they didn't have their flag, yeah, United States flag up? Did they actually do anything that was an act of piracy because they didn't attempt to loot anything. They didn't attempt to sink the ship. They didn't attempt to, attempt to capture anything. They just fired on them once. So all of this was brought up. I think there was then, see, this is where I got really confused because I was just reading these like legal documents from the 19th century that was all like transcript. <laughs> I was like, what am I getting involved in? And I could not understand who was paying who. But there was someone agreed to pay damages to someone and it was in the... I think the result was that it didn't go very well for the Portuguese and that Stockton and the USS Alligator were seen as justifiable in their accusations of piracy and they were allowed to bring all... Because they, they captured everyone and then brought them to Boston. So they took these guys from the coast of West Africa and took them all the way to America and these guys are saying it's not fair and then I think the Supreme Court just said that's ah, alright it's justifiable what they did well how did the Portuguese people find a lawyer in Boston see that's what I'm more confused about um, who I, was the action between was... did it have party names 
No. Uh, it was it was the United States Supreme Court versus the Mariana Flora. The United States, like the, uh, what was the name of the United States party? I don't know. I, because this was such a like weird thing that I found. I'm interested in like whether it was the Portuguese government taking the American government to court, whether it was two separate companies taking each other to court. See, this is the thing that I should have found out. But I, you know, I just couldn't understand it. There's lots of like jargon and, and definitions that I just don't understand. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll definitely chuck some of that in. Did you find some Latin? Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a bit of Latin. bit of Latin, Do you want, yeah. me, to, re- do you want yeah, me to read you some Latin? No, I'm fine. <laughs> I managed to go five years without learning the Latin. Um... Do you know what I feel like would be helpful is if we decide which is true and which is false, and then you could just Google this and give me your opinion. <laughs> well, the problem is that I know the USS Constitution was involved in a very impressive victory on the sea, and you've included far too much of... No, I don't know that, but I think I know that. You've included far too much of that in Statement 1 for that to have all been false, or the story I'm thinking of was a different ship that it was facing no i think that was against the british actually so maybe statement one is back on the table statement two was so chaotic i don't think that was a lie <laughs> because this whole this whole thing has been chaotic and i can only apologize we've got we're gonna find Jesus. out some interesting things once we've had them confirmed if this one if the the lawsuit is your lie uh, it's the most impressive decision anyone's ever made regarding a lie because I cannot honestly believe you've put yourself through that ordeal. I'm going to put um, you through it in a second. Well, that sounded more th- that sounded more threatening than I meant it. <laughs> nah, we'll figure it out. Let's say, let's just say threes. I think you deserve to not lose a point if this has all been a bluff, because that was good. I respect it. Uh, your use of dates was pretty convincing in statement two. I'm statement to one would have been quite easy to look up and and fabricate. I have no idea. I think I've got fair fair justification for having no idea. <laughs> I have no idea, and I made this episode. Oh, dear. Love it. This is probably where the thinking music would come in handy. I haven't found it yet. But... For some reason, all I've got is the... That's not really helpful to thinking. I'm just going to read these uh, law documents while you... Uh... Yeah, you might learn some things about how the US court system worked in the 1800s. Right, come on, Justin. I actually think, in a kind of bold move... Nah, I think... I'm going to go with Statement 2. It's not a very inspired choice. But I'm holding a 2 lead. I don't need to be stressed about it. Um, Let's lock in number 2. Oh, God. I do feel sorry for you because, like... I basically just waffled and none of it was helpful. So statement two, unfortunately, is true. There was questions about the validity of the USS alligator being there. Mm-hmm. I don't statement think that's three Statement three is obviously true because I can't wrap my head around any of this law stuff. And if if I had lied about that, then I would deserve a point. Um statement one is a lie and 
Um, I did just Google the, the Spanish word for lie, which is mentira. <laughs> oh, okay. Classic, so... classic John. <laughs> Where did you get Once the again, USS Constitution part from? I, um, I was trying to think of what they would call a ship. Oh, you just then... made up USS Constitution. No, I Googled um, ship oh. names and the USS Constitution was suggested. Yeah. But you were right. It was a... It was. It did. It was very famous, and was. Um, I think it was like the first U.S. Navy ship or something. Yeah, Un- I think under, the USS um, Constitution beat a bigger ship. Yeah, I think it was massive and like very famous. Um, so, I, <laughs> I was very worried that you were gonna believe that. I'm glad I figured out that it did fight against the British, but I couldn't pick number one as false because I would have been very sad. If I had been right initially, and then gone against that, and I, statement two, I feel like could have been made up. Anyway, let's get into this lawsuit. I also did combine the name of two Spanish pirates to make um, Benito Cosfera, who I said was the captain of. <laughs> I should have known because you do love making up a name. I think on some level we have entertained Mike. Whether for good reasons or bad. Good to know that a tactic in the future is just to be so messy that you eventually believe that there might be some truth in it. Or the other the way. The only thing you said that was remotely tangible was the lie. <laughs> yeah, I know. The lie was nicely organised, wasn't it? I think it's because I was so stressed about lying about this one that I put so much effort into the lie that I forgot that I had to actually give some some idea of truth. Well, also, like, you know, they won a battle, they celebrated it. Good job. It's always, it's always um, a good sign when you're five minutes into a description about a lie when they go, so what am I working out here? <laughs> oh, I'm on this website and there's an ask a lawyer section where you can ask a question. I should have just done that though. I'm not sure if you get a real lawyer. 